just, I'm just gonna give you guys a quick background um, as to why we're doing this as they get themselves set up. They have no idea what they're doing um, as they get themselves set up. So what happened was um, a couple of months ago, um, we were all just chilling around here as we do after a service and they have to like kick us all out. And so Stephen Beck's actually said, hey, why don't we just open up the doors of our home, invite everyone back for a cup of tea and it ended up being like a full house and like, didn't kick us out until ages ago, um, ages away. So anyways, what we, um, ages ago, I know my English. Um, and so what happened um, was they actually said, it ended up being a night where we were all just asking them a whole bunch of questions. And they were like, hey, if people that we actually know pretty well are asking us a whole bunch of questions and we call this our home, then how much more would our congregation wanna be having these sorts of conversations with us? And so we were like, hey, what a pretty cool idea um, to do that in front of church. And so, they're actually, they have no idea what questions are coming. A bunch of you have responded um, to the um, question post on social media. So we're gonna start off with those questions. But what's gonna happen is there is a number that will come up on the screen, I believe. Um, and that number is um, the number that you can text your questions too. So if you guys wanna get out your phones, have a quick chat to the person next to you, um, see what sort of questions you have, ask those, text them through, um, and then these guys might be able to answer those for you soon enough. Um, we're gonna start off with the questions that were um, asked on social media though, so just to get uh, this kicking off. What we've given you guys is a blue balloon and a pink balloon, okay? Uh, this is gonna be our quick fire round. And so what they're gonna do is they're going to, blue is gonna represent Steve, um, and pink is going to represent Bex. And our quick fire round is going to be a bunch of Steve or Bex answered questions, this okay? Isn't, this isn't a gender reveal. This is just like blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Surprise! <laughs> okay, okay, so here we go. Question number one, quick fire round. Who has better dress sense? Ooh, oh, oh! Bex, what's your answer? She's being too nice, we're just warming her up. Oh, both, that's such a cop-out answer. Okay, um, here we go. Number two. I'm braver than him. Okay, okay. Um, number two, who's the better cook? <laughs> uh, number three, who does the most dishes? <laughs> now it's becoming about gender. Uh, who's the stricter parent? Stricter parent. Okay, I like it, I like it. Um, who's the cleanest out of the two? <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, who spends the most money? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a very close contradiction, okay? Uh, number seven, who's the most, here we go, this is gonna bring up some debates, who's the most popular on social media? Oh, okay. No debates at all, okay. Um, who's funnier? <laughs> Who's better, here we go, at pastoral care? <laughs> he goes, we, <laughs> if you guys just heard Steve, he goes, we both suck. <laughs> um, who's better at pastoral care? Go. Ooh, okay, okay. Uh, and last question, um, who made the first move? Very nice, very nice. All right, can we give them a round of applause? You guys can throw your balloons down. Excellent. Um, now, just on that note, um, question number one, here we go. How did you guys meet, um, and what were your first thoughts about each other? 
Okay, so we, um, we first met through a friend, a mutual friend. Actually, the mutual friend was um, our senior pastor, Pastor Luke Bro. He's got a daughter named April. April was Bex's best friend, and um, April was a very good runner, and I was an okay runner. We had the same coach for a while, and so there was a kind of a mutual connection, and so I actually, um, it was my last year of high school, I think, and it was and it was my school ball, and I was like playing it super cool, and I didn't invite anyone to go to the ball with me. And then um, I asked April to go with me, and she and I went to Edgewater College, and her dad was, and Pastor Luke was like, you're not going to an Edgewater College ball. <laughs> and um, so I was like a week out from the ball, and I had no one to go with, and I'm like, I'm not being that dude who shows up solo. So April goes, my friend, Bex will, my friend Bex will go with you. And I was like, met her before, she's kind of cute, I'm in. So that was, um, <laughs> So my first impression was she was pretty cute. Um, I remember he is a twin, right? And they were tall, good looking, in my opinion, and like athletic. So they were always getting all the sports awards and stuff at school. And so- Still all of those things. <laughs> Still all. And so I knew of him because they were like the twins. They were like kind of world famous in Edgewater and in, in Pakaranga. Yeah, <laughs> down Reeves Road, world famous. And um, so to be 100% honest, for about the first two months of our relationship, I thought he was kind of doing like a dare between him and his friends. Um, and that's why he was going out with me. Oh, I know. Bex. He loves you. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Um, now, this is just like slightly my revenge getting them back. Um, so, second one. Um, is it true that, <coughs> cue photo, is it true that this is the wedding photo that's currently hanging in your lounge? Oh, wow. <laughs> Aren't they beautiful? Um, no. That was actually, when we were youth pastors, we used to kill it, man. We used to do these, <laughs> we, were great. we used to do these amazing youth balls. We would do like a ball and we'd, we'd transform this whole like auditorium. This was actually a Narnia ball. I'm the professor. Bex, who are you? A queen, surely. I don't know. You're just a random person in a... She's, she's beautiful. Anyway, great red shoes. Uh, what you can see on the floor, there's little white specks. Okay, so we, what we did was we, we uh, like built a wardrobe that went from the front door entrance there right through the end of the mezzanine. And it was like totally covered in black. We had coats and you had to walk through it. You came through the end of the mezzanine and we had a snow machine going off the mezzanine, making it rain snow. I know. And it was all white. It was epic. We had a lion. We had, not a real lion, a person dressed up as a lion. <laughs> Still youth ministry. And the most amazing white witch. White witch, she had dreadlocks, it was amazing. But the, but the snow was polystyrene. Terrible <laughs> like, idea. We just like found hunks of polystyrene and shaved it with like rasp files. And so it took like 20 vacuum cleaners, three hours to clean all Have that up. Have you tried up. vacuuming polystyrene? It was amazing, because we had church, it was like a Saturday night, so there was church the next morning. So we were like, we gotta fix this or we're in big trouble. But it was awesome. It was a good night, that's very true. Um, you guys can show the second photo. This is them on their wedding day though, a little bit cute. Little bit cute. You got the awe from the audience. Um, now you can show the third photo. This look is at my. That. Everyone's like going. Look at this that is my here. next question. Um, <laughs> what does a typical family gathering look like for the two of you? And also, can I just point out the boys are both holding guns. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. A, a typical family gathering. Typical family just gathering. Family? Yep. Um, our boys love movies, especially Judah. Um, Judah is our oldest. They're both quite a lot older than that now, but um, 
Judah is eight, and he is like a movie buff. He loves movies. He'll watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, he back just back, loves yeah. it, and he'll quote movies. In fact, the best thing about him is that he quotes random movie lines in conversation. Which is like one of my love languages, so I like So he's so. awesome. So we have family movie night on a Friday night, which is kind of our non-negotiable, and the kids choose a movie, and we all eat homemade pizza or hot dogs or burgers or something and do family movie night. Yeah, our family getting is pretty crazy. Like, our, fa- our kids are pretty nuts, as most eight-year-old and five-year-old boys are, and um, they're weird. They're really weird, so that's really cool. And so it means our life is a lot of fun and very out of control. All right, next question, um, and this is the final photo, I promise. Is it true that you were both in a dance crew back in the day? That That's isn't, not that is me, not Bex, though. That is Steve <laughs> wearing, we, we all went there with the bandana around your neck. Um, is it true that you were both in a dance crew, and can you please tell us about those days? <laughs> it's true. I think it's okay for me, because I'm a, you know, I did dancing growing up. Anyway, we started this dance group as a, like, to do, like, productions or Christmas production or something, and we all had girls in it, right? And then we saw, like, on the TV or at different events that suddenly boys were joining dance crews, and we were like, oh, we need some boys. So we all roped in our boyfriends or our brothers to join the dance group. None of them had ever danced before or done anything like it, so they were really just doing it because they liked the girls. So um, that's how Steve joined our dance group. And then... (laughs) It was amazing. We started entering Christian talent contests... And we entered this one talent contest, and we were so bad. We got, like, dead last. Like, we were terrible. But on the way home from this talent show, it was in Wellington, so we drove eight hours and, you know, like, consolidated, you know, consoled ourselves as we went. And we all determined, though, that next year we were going to come back and win. And So it was an event called CDC, which was, like, the biggest dance competition that New Zealand had at that time. A talent show. It was a big a talent, big talent show. show thing. So oh, the boys, were, we were, like, playing rugby and doing different things, and we were like, boys, let's make this our sport for one year and have a go, and let's try and win it. And we did. We came back the following year. We won it. Uh, we went to, like, gymnastics gyms, learned how to do flips, learned how to do breakdancing, all this kind of stuff. And then uh, a year and a half later, we were at the World Champs in L.A., and we danced on the world stage in L.A., and we got 22nd Hello. in the world. Amazing. So amazing. I feel like that deserves a round of applause. That's good. All right. You can, you can put the phone number back up on the screen. Here we go. We'll resume normal questions. Um, if you weren't a pastor, what would you be doing now? Go. Um, I'm guessing I would still be teaching. I'm a trained teacher. I taught for four years before I um, went into full-time pastoring. And I still occasionally will relieve now, only in our school, um, though. And, um, yeah, I love my days where I get to go in and be a different person for a day. Uh, if I wasn't pastoring, I'd maybe potentially be teaching as well, because I actually got a teaching degree. I've got a phys ed teaching degree. The um, best. And, and, uh, but other than that, there's always stuff I'm like, man, I'd love to do that, I'd love to do that. I'd like maybe join the army or go to the police or, like, Cut grass, I don't know, something. There'd be something. <laughs> I mean, it'd be life-changing, whatever I was Definitely doing. Definitely go to be a grass cutter. Okay, here we go. Um, how do I incorporate God into my secular workplace? Um, I, I think you've got to um, understand that God is in every part of your life. I think this is the thing, man, like ministry life, like we, I don't work in a secular job. I've never, this is the thing, I've never had a full-time job apart from working for Elam. 
It's the only full-time job I've ever had. I've worked for Elam for over 15 years. So I've, I've had part-time jobs before I came on staff here um, in different, different areas, uh, but my only full-time role has, has been as a part of the church and, and, and in leadership. So uh, I've never walked in your shoes, but here's what I'd like to say is that you, get, you have a far better daily impact in this world than I ever will. Uh, you are interacting and rubbing shoulders with people. And so this is the thing, wherever you are, God has got purpose for you. God has put you there in that place. Listen, I, I'm not a, the only minister in this room. Every single one of us is a minister. If we believe that every, every believer, and this is what we believe the Bible teaches, that every believer is a minister, so that means every vocation is a ministry. So whatever you do, builder, plumber, dentist, nurse, mum, whatever you're doing right now, that is your ministry. And so you gotta ask yourself the question, God, help me to know what purpose you have for me here now. Don't, don't look, so when I work for the church, then I'll do this, or when I do this, no, 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 no. God's got purpose for you in your every single day. You just gotta wake up with that intent and go, God, speak to me and speak through me this day. May I be a blessing to those around me and share your love and your grace and your goodness. I, I think like, you don't have to look for the big things. You just have to be that light that, 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 that lives differently in every context. Look for opportunities for God to open doors. Pray that He would open doors. You, you know, you don't have to get your whole workplace converted in a week. It doesn't, like, it very really works like that unless God shows up and makes a revival happen. But just look for those areas and ways you can be a blessing, live different, share the love of God, actually live the words of Jesus in your workplace, and it will mess your workplace up. I think um, I would say as well, be two things, be normal, but be different. So, like, people think that Christians are weird. That's just what they think. But one of the greatest um, compliments we often get when we go to a place where we're meeting lots of people who aren't in church and they find out that we're pastors, they're like, really? really? Wow. You guys are pastors? Because they just don't think we fit the bill of what they feel like Christian pastors should look like. And so then that opens an opportunity. And I think the greatest thing we can do is, um, normalize our God, like he is, he is the God of the everyday, he is, um, you know, he's a God for everybody, and I think um, if we can show people that we're not weirdos, we're just normal people living our life under, you know, a, an amazing God who's got an incredible plan for you, then I think that's appealing to people, and I also think if we can, sh if we can be different as well, and um, one of the other greatest compliments that I um love hearing anybody, any Christian get, is there's something in you that's different, what is that? And I think if we can act in a way that shows that there's a light inside of us, that there's a joy inside of us, um, if we can respond to criticism differently to how the world would respond to criticism, if we can respond to pressure differently, if we can respond to stuff that's gone wrong in our lives differently, then people will stop and look up and go, hang on, why are you different? Why are you not doing what they're doing? That kind of thing. And I think the key with that is like, don't, it's, it's an authentic difference. Yeah. It's not a, I'm gonna try and be different. Yeah. It's, it's when you allow God in, he messes you up, changes yeah. you, shapes you. And when you get in the word every day, it becomes part of who you are. It becomes part of your mindset, so you naturally live different. You don't have to try and live different. You naturally live different because God has got on the inside of you, and it's starting to come out in the way you interact with this world. So don't try and live different. Just allow God to mess with you and change you and, and shape you and, and, ch and develop you, and then you will be different in the workplace you're in. I want to be taking notes. This is too good. Okay, uh, here we go. I'm going to double this up with one of the audience questions. This one is, um, do you have a favorite child? And what is a piece of parenting advice that you would give? Do we have a favorite child? No, absolutely not. Although yes. I think they might have favorite parents. 
They do. Our kids have favorite parents. So like we, we love, this is the thing with kids. You love them differently, yeah. but you love them as much the same. So I, I love both my kids the same, but I love them both differently. It's an amazing thing, you think, because when you have your first child, you're like, how could I love anything as much as I love yeah. you right now? How, and you're like, they're so special. And then another one comes along and goes, and you're like, it happened. Like, I love this one just as much, but different. I love you different, and I love you. But it's, it's this crazy, cool thing. Like, and, and so God kind of grows your capacity to love, and it's, and it's amazing. But what's funny is our kids have favorite parents. Like, Rocky is... Like, she is totally his favorite, and Judah's totally my favorite. Uh, no, no, I'm his favorite. Oh, there it is, all right. And the truth comes out. Okay. <laughs> don't, Let's just don't stop it there. Lot, the truth right. comes out, Steve. Okay. Um, here we go. Here's, oh, did you give parenting the parenting advice? advice? Was that I, to love I, them differently, but just as much? Um, no, well, that's just kind of how it is. naturally. Okay, um, but beautiful. Pa- parenting advice, my parenting advice is, don't be too serious and have heaps of fun. Like that's my biggest piece of parenting. But that's my advice for me. Sometimes I get too serious and grumpy and it's like, they're just kids being kids. Like have fun with them, enjoy the moments. Like they grow I think up so especially fun. for new parents as well, just like relax, chill. A chill, chill relax, chilled kid, our parents mean relaxed, chilled kids. And I think that's, you know, like, yeah. We're nice. by no means parenting experts. So like, <laughs> there's other people. Talk to Dean Ovenshaw. Amazing. All right. Um, here we go. Who are each of your mentors um, and why have you chosen them? I'd say for me, my, my greatest mentor in my life is Pastor Luke. Um, he has been um, my senior pastor since the day I got saved in this church. Steph um, called that one earlier. She was she? like 10 bucks to say that Steve will say Pastor Luke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Steph. Awesome. <laughs> thanks for being involved. Um, the, the, so, like, he's just been, he's been... Um, that constant, consistent, godly voice in my life. He's the one that's given me every opportunity. He's the one that's corrected me. He's the one that's spoken into my life. And um, so he is the one who's, every opportunity I have is largely in part because of what he's entrusted me with. And his mentoring, his influence on my life, has, it really plays out in my own leadership and the way I, uh, I interact with people as well. So Pastor Luke for me is number one. Yeah, I think um, Pastor Luke and Marilyn have been huge in my world. Um, as Steve said, I was best friends with it, with their daughter for many years. So I spent lots of my like holidays just at their house and after school every day at their house. Um, so they've been a huge influence in my life. Um, I spend a lot of time um, with our setup. We've got five campuses, so there's five um, sets of lead pastors, if you like. And um, I spend a lot of time on the phone having coffee with all the lead pastor wives. Um, we talk a lot and we get lots of advice from each other and like Liz Griffiths is probably one of the people that I speak to a lot about um, life and parenting and all that kind of stuff. Um, her and Mike um, are an inspiration to me in terms of their parenting and things like that. So um, I do talk to Liz a lot and um, yeah, we just try and get people around us that yeah. inspire us. Yeah, totally. Nice, okay. Uh, we've got one from the crowd, quite topical if I say so myself. Um, when, don't laugh at me. Um, when did you know that you were ready to be baptized and how would I know that I'm ready to get baptized? Um, from, from the day I said yes to Jesus, I knew I was ready. It was just a matter, for me it was a matter of timing to make sure that my family would be on that journey to be there with me. 
So I got saved in a non-Christian home. And so um, I, I, none of my family knew God, none of my family went to church, nothing like that. So for me, like the day I met Jesus, like uh, the, here's the thing, here's the big weird thing that, that we do in church. We go, I wanna follow Jesus with all my life, but I'm not ready to be baptized. Are you, what? That doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. If you've decided to follow him, then follow him. Like, you're like oh, he's the Lord of my life, but I'm not ready to be baptized. Why? Like, oh, because... Um, I don't want to stand up in front of people. Get over it. You're standing up in front of people every day saying you're following Jesus. So why not stand up in front of everybody here and go through the waters? Like it's, it's a step in obedience with Jesus. I think this whole thing, I'm, I want to follow Jesus, but I'm, I'm going to wait three years till I get baptized is insane. It doesn't make any sense at all. Like in the Bible, it's like, do you believe in Jesus? Yes. Where's the water? Oh, there's some. Boom. Done. Like you're like, it was like the, 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 the distance between I want to follow Jesus and water was very short, you know? And, and so I just think like that whole thing of I'm not ready, it's like, what, like you've got to ask yourself why. What, what's the roadblock for you? Because most of the time it's just us. It's our own thinking, it's our own mentality, it's our own insecurities. And so if you want to follow him, follow him. So for me, it was like, I'm, as soon as I like, gave my life to him, I was like, show me the water. Where the water at? You know, like, I must want to do it. But, but for me, it was, I wasn't, I had to wait the time because I wanted my family there. And for them to be there, if I'd said next week I'm getting baptized, they'd be like, well, well, weird. You know, I had to walk the journey with them so that they would be at the pool with me. And they did come. I'd been a Christian for, I think, about two, two and a half years. And um, they did come and they cried. And my dad told me he was proud of me for the first time I've ever heard him say those words out loud to me. He told me he was proud of me. So like the amazing moment, like a God moment there in that. Uh, but you know, it's, it was a little bit of a journey. But if you're sitting here and you love Jesus and you're following him and you're not baptized, my question to you is why not? It's so, it's, it's simple, man. It's a step of obedience. It's showing everybody I'm dying to my old life. I'm new in Christ and, and, and Jesus commands it and you will be blessed as a result of it. I'm just gonna add my five cents in because I remember having this conversation with you at a youth camp when I was a teenager. Um, and it really challenged me and I was like, how do I know when to be baptized? Do my family need to be there and ready and whatever? Um, and Steve just said to me that um, if Jesus himself got baptized and had no reason to, because essentially what it is is you know, public declaration of an inward decision, um, if he had no reason to but he himself got baptized, then why wouldn't you? And I was like, good I don't call. Remember, I don't remember saying that. Yeah, good word, Steve. Um, but that, that really challenged me, and that was the reason why I got baptized. And um, also in the Bible, when Jesus got baptized, that was when his ministry was really released. And so that was, that's a really like special, and I know that from being baptized, that's when I saw that in myself as well. And so. And I'll, I'll just differentiate, there's two baptisms, baptism in water, baptism in the Holy Spirit. And if you're following Jesus and you haven't got either, I'd say pursue both straight away, pursue both because you'll never live an empowered, full Christian life without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need it, and, and your life will be different. The Word will come alive, your speech will come alive, your thoughts will come alive, your spirit will come alive, because the infilling, full infilling, full immersion of the Holy Spirit will release gifts of the Holy Spirit in you and allow, allow you to step fully forward into everything God's got for you, okay? Water baptism and Holy Spirit baptism. Very cool, okay. So shout out to you for getting baptized, Lara, good job. Um, okay, uh, next one is, um, what is a moment in your ministry where you messed up big time? <laughs> Easy question. Again, <laughs> um, okay, so many. Like, there's, there's a lot. And um, there, I think, uh, oh, jeepers. 
I'm going to narrow it down. Can I say some funny ones? Yeah, go. While you're thinking. Yep, I won't do a serious one. One time, I was, um, I used to sing in the worship team. She sings and she dances. I don't actually, I don't actually do either. Um, But I just was in a season and so I was singing and I was leading a song on a Sunday morning and there were two songs at the time and it was very confusing and one, they both had very similar, like first lines, but very different tunes. And I sang the one song to the other song's tune, like total fail. Dex also swore on stage one time. Did not. She did. I'm not going to ask you to repeat what it was, but I'm very intrigued. Oh my it goodness! It was hilarious. It's online. No, um, it's not. <laughs> it's a message it's about. It's not online anymore. I had it removed. <laughs> it was online. <laughs> and I sent it to all my friends. Going, listen to this. It's so funny. She, so it was a message good. about it Job. Was a it was a message about Job, and she just kind of like you know how you like sometimes blend the word. It was about Jonah. Uh, uh, jo- oh, Jonah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and it was just the funniest thing. And I, oh, I wet myself when I heard that. That was ridiculous. Because she's she's not that person at all. Like she's like the squeakiest, clean, like like pure, pretty little Christian girl. Like it's so funny that she like if anyone was gonna swear, it would probably be me. You know what I'm saying? Like not that I do swear, but that's your like you're always worried that I'm gonna say something. My like biggest that. fear is that he is gonna swear or say something really bad from the not stage. Did I swear in normal not life? Not that he swears normally at all, right? You're really not convincing it's, anyone, it's, Steve. It's, it's funny. He's I, just I, a bit we, rough around the. We've edges. made some, yeah. Well, you know, um, each of us is a you know step towards the goal. Um, mm-hmm. Work in progress, Potter Clay. It's good. Um, so, <laughs> I've made loads of mistakes. I think I think one of the big mistakes um, that that I made along the way is probably um, reaching beyond what I've been given. So if God's placed something in my hand, if God's given you something in your hand, be faithful with that and be fruitful with it. Don't try and overstretch to the next thing before you've been faithful with the thing you have uh, because you're gonna try and push open a door that God's not opening and that will always go bad. You may get the door open, but it will never be a good fruit. So, so to always take a step back and just go, what is in my hand? What has God given me? I'll be faithful with that and trust him to bring the increase and the open doors and the things that are in my heart and God knows them and God's put them there. Trust him to open those doors to step into those things. Don't ever try and push a door that's not already been opened to you by God. I think um, if I was to pick a serious one, it would probably be um, uh, allowing frustration to come between me and people. Um, so like our, like our team or people that we work with getting frustrated at things instead of just having conversations with people because um, frustration just builds like a little volcano inside and then, yeah, it doesn't go so well when and you then do decide to have a conversation. <laughs> Very cool. Okay, we've got a few more minutes, so we're going to skip through and do a, a bunch of audience questions that are coming through now. This is a good one. Um, what, is, what was your relationship journey like until you got married? All right, so we met, um, Bex was 16, I was 17 years old. Again, met through his mutual friend. So we've been high school sweethearts. Um, and we uh, were dating, and we were just kind of like, well, we, st- we went to the ball. That was like our first date. We went to my school ball, and then Bex started to stalk me, and it was kind of all, all weird, and just started showing up at my house, like, what are you doing here? And, um, but so it was obvious that she was interested. They're laughing because um, they do not believe you for one second. They're laughing because it's true. They're, and, uh, and we just started, like, I guess, the journey of, of going out and dating and, and that kind of stuff. And that was about five years. So we dated for five years before we got married. 
And I guess that, that journey was kind of had its ups and downs and was kind of like, like you know, there's stuff we would redo, there's stuff we'd do again, stuff we'd do differently. Um, but it was kind of, yeah, it was, we, was, we were young. I was very like young in my normal, faith. Hormonal I didn't, teenager. When, when we first met, I didn't know Jesus. So when, when I wasn't a Christian, but I was on a massive journey to find him, and uh, Bex was just kind of like, uh, came along on that, on that journey and was like, this little uh, intersection was like, okay, she invited me to church, came to church, heard her preach when she was 16 on this platform on a Sunday morning. Um, I was like blown away, crying, and just God messed up my life. 16 yeah. on a Sunday morning? Yep. That's great. Beautiful. Okay, um, <clears throat> here we go. Uh, the audience questions are really good. I'm gonna ask this one here. Um, what is one thing that you would honestly change about each other? And you can't give the Christian answer of like, no, he's perfect. Like you just, <laughs> what's one thing that you would honest, honestly change about each other? No. She's like, do you wanna go first? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm not She'll jumping on that She'll just determine how angry this to be. This is the yeah. worst decision to ask me to answer. This is like suicide right here. We, like, we have these, com- we've had this conversation we're recently. We're not having though. it publicly. This, that was her, that was her like, you know, go, go forth no. and announce. You go first. I'll see where we go, go from there. Go Bex, ladies first. I'll what would you what, change about I'll see what ground Stephen I can Green. stand on on this one. Wisdom, boys, listen, wisdom. Oh, I don't know how like serious you want it to be. I don't know how serious people want it to be. I mean, I'd really like, I don't know. Bex just can't hates, pick from her long Steve list. hates unloading the dishwasher or putting stuff in the dishwasher. And it really grates me. <laughs> Is that it? You're not convincing the audience. Okay, Steve, what's really yours? I feel like I this is going to become an unhealthy battle. Yeah, it, it is, it Table is, tennis, your no, turn. No, 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 good. Um, I have a very, um, a, a very strong aversion to eating noises. <laughs> like, it's called, I think it's called misphonia, and it's like an actual, like, not like a phobia, but like a proper mental condition. And I have that. <laughs> and so I lose, I can't handle it. When I hear eating noises, I'm like, I'm like, it's, it's I angry get super Steve. angry. Like, if you want me to punch you, do it. Like, I'll, that's what will happen, right? I'm just warning everybody here today. Just try it, see what happens. You'll be blessed. Five-fold ministry <laughs> right in your face. All right. But, I, th- I think you've made a mistake telling the whole congregation that. Now no, no, you'll make your mistake if you try and test it. <laughs> that's, that's the mistake. <laughs> and, okay. And, and so, like, yeah, that, that's like, she gets frustrated at me because of it, but I'm like, just work with me. He hates it when I chew gum. Oh, chewing gum, good grief. Really? Just eat in a separate room and you'll be fine. Okay. Always music music on. on. Always music on. You have music on at the dinner table. Listen, it's a real thing. If you know your weaknesses, you work with them and make sure. Just ask Adrian Daniel. Adrian Daniel. He's been been kicked out of my He's been kicked out of my office before for eating a banana. Like uh, no. (laughs) Heck no. There's no way that's happening in here. Out. Out. He's in the hallway. I can still hear you. Move. On that topic of Adrian Daniel, um, we've got an audience question here. Um, how would you introduce God to an atheist? <laughs> nice segue. I, I, th- for me, this is like, um, I guess I'm pr- probably more like in line to answer this question because this is the kind of areas of study that I love. But I, I, how would I introduce an atheist to God? I, I wouldn't introduce an atheist to God. I'd build a friendship with an atheist. I'd, I'd introduce him to me. 
and um, I would just be their friend. I just love them. Like, it's not, my, it's not my job to convince someone to follow God. It's not my job. It's not my job to convert somebody. People's souls are not my business. Souls are God's business. People are my business. So, so my, my, my intent would be not to, it's like, you know, I have friends in lifestyles that I totally don't agree with, but I love them so much. And, and I desire friendship with them so much. And so for me, I, I, I want to look past belief and I, look, I want to look past lifestyle and look past those things and see a person. And so an atheist is not an atheist, they're a person. And, and so I want to know the person and I want to build a friendship. So for me, it's like the end goal of how would I introduce them to God is, is, is like that's secondary to the first step, which is that I love them and that they know I love them, that I care for them. And my prayer would be that God would open opportunities for me to share the love of God with them and that through me they might see something different and, and be interested to know and dig those questions. And we would have conversations and whatever along the way, but my first step is love, always love. Love for that person. Very cool. Anything to add? No, that's what I was gonna say. Got it, exactly. took, took the words right out of your mouth, gotcha, okay. Um, here we go, what is your process of writing a sermon? Yeah, um, I start, usually in scripture, in the Bible, so. Um, good, good start. That's a no. good place to start, Bex. start with Jesus. Sometimes you can. And we can all breathe. <laughs> Sometimes you can get inspiration from other, like, you know, from stuff you see in your day or, you know, things like that, though. But most of mine come out of um, my devotion time. So I'll just, I just read through a Bible reading plan. So I'm currently actually just reading from the beginning of scripture right through some, to about Second Samuel. And um, so reading all the way through. So as I read, I um, just write things all down in my Bible. And then if it um, begins to, like if one particular paragraph or one particular par passage or a story, I seem to be like, God's just speaking to me from it and I'm getting a lot out of it. I'll then, um, I just notice that pattern, and so then I take it and I transfer it into my notebook, and then I've got that there that's like sitting in the wings, and it's kind of brewing and percolating, and then um, I'll just be thinking on it for a wee while, and then both of us actually follow um, a kind of strategy or structure for our messages that we've um, kind of nicked off um, Andy Stanley, and if, you, if anybody here is um, wanting to get into communication, public speaking, or um, pre preaching or teaching, um, I recommend this book highly. It's called Communicating for a Change. And it gives you basically a structure so that you can take people on a journey from um, problem to God's solution and then applying it into your life and actually going ahead and doing it. And so uh, once I've got my kind of main concept, I've got my scripture and I know kind of the general goal of what I want and I know what God's kind of speaking to me about, then I'll take it and I'll transfer it into the structure that Andy Stanley gives in his book. And so usually that just involves a big brainstorm and that kind of thing. That process can take a couple of weeks for me um, just to kind of percolate away and brew. Um, and then I'll sit down in one day and sketch it, the whole thing out from where to go. Yeah, and often we will sit down as well and we'll talk and we'll say, I'm thinking about doing this and we'll talk each other right through the whole thing and then we'll, we'll kind of add ideas and why don't you use this illustration, why don't you use that story, that kind of thing. Yeah, most often as we talk it through, I'm like, that's really good. And I share mine. And as I'm sharing, I'm going, this is really bad. So it kind of works quite well. But a similar process, just I do a lot of mind mapping. Again, out of my devotion time, I read the word. I'm like, that's amazing. Pull that out. Start putting some thoughts around that. And then God will just sort of highlight stuff. And it normally takes a bit of time to sort of do those kinds of things. But that's the general process, yeah. Cool. 
Uh, while you've got the mic there, Steve, I'll ask you this one. Uh, what is our vision for this church? and how can I play my part in that vision? Amazing, so the vision of the church is really simple. Um, so we have a vision statement. Our vision statement is that Elam Christian Center exists to be a center of hope to reach, serve, and influence communities. How does that play out? Like that's a great statement, but we need to know how that plays out because uh, without an actual strategy to achieve what we've just said, uh, we, we just get, it's just gonna be words on a wall. Uh, in fact, part of our vision is we wanna have um, uh, around eight to 10 campus churches, 10,000 regular attenders on a Sunday. We wanna see uh, 200 students in our Bible college. We wanna grow our school. We're like, we're like, we've got big, big dreams, right? We're at five campuses right now. We're currently sitting about four and a half thousand people in our church. So we wanna like almost double everything we're doing. Uh, and so we wanna keep pushing out and keep growing. So the, really the key ways that we do that, uh, we, we wanna journey people through a, through a bit of a strategy to achieve that vision, to truly be a center of hope that reaches, serves, and influences our communities, right? So happens through four key things that we do. Uh, the first one is our Sunday services. Uh, the second one is our small groups. The third one is our growth track. And the fourth one is our dream team. And that's because of, of this rationale. We really believe that uh, as a church, in order to achieve that vision, uh, then we have to be journeying people on God's vision for their life, right? What's God's vision for people? Firstly, that they'd know him. That's God's vision for everybody, that they would know him. Second thing that God's vision is that, that, that people would find freedom that you'd find freedom for your past, that you'd walk forward into a healthy whole future. The third thing is that you would discover your purpose. Every one of you is made with purpose. Everyone of you is here for a reason. God wants to use you to change this world. So you discover your purpose, and then the fourth thing is that you'd go make a difference with that. So that, those four things, that you'd know God, that you'd uh, find freedom, that you'd discover your purpose, and that you'd go make a difference, that outworks those four key things I talked about. Sunday services, there were, our Sunday services are designed that people would come to know God, and people do every week. I think we've had like maybe like 10 or 15 people come to know Jesus just today. Uh, we, we, that's really our key strategy for that. Second one is small groups. You find freedom in community. The Bible says you confess your sins to God and he forgives you. You confess it to other people, you get healing, right? So we wanna do a journey with people. God's made us for community. You find purpose and freedom in community with people. Take the mask off for somebody. Tell them your real story. Tell them your real junk. Actually get honest with people and do that. Small groups is where that happens. Growth track is where you discover your purpose. It's not about coming to this, this and, and come and do stuff for the church. No, no, growth track is about knowing what, how God's made you and, and how he's wired you and how he's put you together so that you can do number four, which is join our dream team. So you can, so you can oh, sorry, I didn't mention dream team, did I? Anyway, dream team. Uh, so, so you can join our dream team and you can come make a difference. So we wanna align how God's made you with, our, with a position in our dream team from kids to youth to serving to making coffee to doing tech to being on the band. Come and join a part of our dream team because our dream team is literally making a difference and changing this world. People are coming to know Jesus, people are getting set free, people are getting free from debt, people are getting healed, all because of our dream team. So if you want to make a difference and become a part of our church, that those, those are your steps. Do you know God, get into a small group, do our growth track and get on our dream team because we're gonna do something crazy here. Amazing, easy, right? Um, final question for you is this, um, and it is what do you wish your younger self had known? Um, <clears throat> I wish, actually two things. I wish I had known that I didn't need to try so hard to please people and care what people think. Like, I'm in my mid-30s now. <laughs> You're doing um, great with mid-30s though. Thanks. Um, thanks, darling. Uh, 
and oh, wow, I missed that. <laughs> what was that? He just dabbed. Oh. Right. <laughs> the dorky dude I'm thing. I'm still cool, right? You. I'm still cool. Right. Um, yeah, I just, I just like we're not here to please people. You know, we're doing what we do for the audience of God, and um, we're here to love people. Um, so you know, when you get a bit older, you don't you realise that not people are not thinking about you; they're thinking about whether you're thinking about them. Like, thinking, yeah, yeah. you know, everyone else is just worried about what everyone else is thinking. So um, yeah, don't worry so much about yourself. And what I also wish I could tell my younger self was: don't eat your money, save your money, and buy a house early. That is what I wish I knew. Yeah, a lot of people eat their money. It's ridiculous. Like, you actually just eat it. Like, I ate all my money. My question. Like, my that, question. That's on takeaways. Like, like takeaways you mean, like, is what I mean. Buying lunches every day, buying takeaways every day. Like, that's like, I just, see it in our team. In our interns. In our Listen interns. up, interns. <laughs> it's the word from the Lord for you. Make a sandwich. Yeah, make a, make a flippin' sandwich, right? My question is, when you eat your money, do you make loud noises, though? The loudest. That's why you shouldn't do it. The noise right. is louder when you're eating Steve, the money. And Steve, what's your piece of advice for yourself? I, I think, again, to echo what Bex has said, I, I think the, the whole idea of, hey, be yourself. Like, like, don't feel like you have to be somebody else. Don't, don't, don't live under the, the false expectation of what you perceive other people want you to be or, yeah. or, or expect you to be. And that was a big learning curve for me in ministry, like stepping onto this platform after Pastor Luke. It's like you have this sort of expectation on you, even whether it's real or not, that people are wanting you to be like him or be like them or be like that. And at the end of the day, God made me me and God made me to be me. And actually when I'm me and, I, and, I, and I'm living how God's called me to be and my personality and my style and what I do, uh, then that's actually when I'm the most effective and the most fruitful and I'm the most fulfilled and I have the most joy when I don't have to try and be something I'm not. I can just be me. Friends, if I can tell you anything, be you. Be you, you're a terrible version of anyone else. You're like, you're the worst. <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's not good. Just be, like God has made you, you be you. We, the world needs you, uh, the ne- unique you. So to do that, um, and, and the other thing I would say to myself if I was to go back a number of years, I, I would say just really, really trust God. Like really give him your everything. Because I've I followed Jesus now for 17 years, but I've really, I think only in the last maybe five or six years really trusted him. And, um, and really trusted that what he has for me is good. And it's that place of total surrender. There's no plan B. There's no backup plan. There's, there's nothing waiting in the wings behind me in case this doesn't work out. It's Jesus or it's nothing. It's God or it's nothing. And, and you know what I've realized? The more I, I step into that realm and that world of really trusting God and pursuing him with faith and pursuing with everything I've got and coming to church and literally looking like the biggest idiot worshiping God, I don't care. Like I want him. I want everything he has for my life and preaching the word with no, no care what people might think, but I'm just gonna preach the word, do me, um, live, live that way. And really when someone's praying, I'm like, yes, because in faith I want to stand with them. And in faith I'm reading the word going, God, this is true, show me, teach me, shape me. When, when you live in that realm of faith and you're believing that God is good and God is with you, you start to live so different and opportunities open up before you like you've never dreamed before. And if I could go back, I would go tell the youngest, younger me, just like surrender and trust God. He is so good. 
He's so good and he's so faithful. Stop living in two camps because you're actually like shortchanging what God's got for you. You're actually like, you're not experiencing the fullness of it. It's like amazing when you truly engage and, and, and enter in in faith. It's the most amazing, amazing journey. That's what I would tell myself. And, and, and maybe can, I, can I wrap up? I mean, please take it from me. Go. Thank, can we thank Shemaine for an amazing job? <laughs> maybe can we stand to our feet, everybody? I pray, I pray you've been blessed. You know, Bex and I, we really pray that you have been blessed and challenged and maybe something of what we've said has is, is maybe spoken to your heart or resonated with you and, um, and spoken to you and changed you. Maybe you've got some encouragement today, but re really my, my, my heart and my life, my calling, my purpose, everything I do is about leading people closer to God. And my heart's desire is that that would be the same tonight, that you would know him. Uh, he loves you so much. He loves you so much that he actually died for you. He sent his own son, Jesus, to die for you. And the, a life with God is not boring. It's not mundane. It is unbelievably good. It's not easy, but it's good. It's not that if you were gonna look for a convenient, easy lifestyle, don't follow Jesus. I'm telling you, don't. If you haven't counted the costs and realize it is gonna cost you something, then don't follow him. But I can tell you, if you do choose to follow him, follow him with all your heart. Because when you do that, a whole world opens up before you like you never dreamed. The dreams you dream for yourself actually go aside and then the, the dreams that God dreamed for you become reality. And let me tell you, they are far greater, far greater than anything you could dream for yourself. And, and I'd, I'd love to just do one thing. I, I wanna extend an invitation to you today. Um, if you don't know Jesus or if you're far from Him, like I said, my life's purpose is to lead people closer to Him. And if today this is just one little step in the direction towards Him, maybe you're miles away, but you've taken a step towards Him, I'm so, I'm so proud and so pleased. Uh, but maybe today is the day to take a bigger step than that and actually go, you know what? I'm ready to fully surrender my life to God and, and trust Him. Give my life over to Him and allow Him to come and be my Lord, be my Savior. Allow Him to come and fill your life and touch you and forgive you of all your sin and give you new life. It's new life, friends. It's not old life, it's new life. And I'd love to extend that invitation. And can I invite everyone to do one little thing? Just, just bow your heads and close your eyes, just for one moment, just out of respect for the person next to you. And I'd love to put that invitation out. If, if you're here and you don't know Him, but you want to, or maybe today you'll be honest and say, I've never really fully surrendered my life to Him, but I want to. I'm, I'm gonna pray a very simple prayer. And if that is you, can, I just invite you to pray with me. Just pray it with me, but you just pray it in your heart. I don't, you don't have to pray it out loud. I'll pray it out loud. You just pray it in your heart along with me. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to mean it with everything you've got. This is not my prayer, this is your prayer. Surrendering your life into the hands of God. Just say these words. Say, God, today, I surrender my life to you. I know that I've messed up and that I've sinned. I believe Jesus, you died for me. Right now, I ask you to come in and be the Lord of my life. I turn from my old ways and I turn to you. Come in and make me brand new today in Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and head bowed. If you prayed that prayer, can I ask you to do something really brave? I'm not gonna embarrass you, I'm not gonna call you out, I'm not gonna bring you forward, nothing like that. But I do want to encourage you to take a little step of faith today. 
And if that was you, you prayed that prayer either for the very first time or today you're seriously, seriously surrendering your life to God. Can I ask you to do one thing? I'm gonna count to three. On the count of three, I want you to lift your hand nice and high. You ready? Don't wait, don't hesitate. One, two, three. Hand up nice and high. Be brave, be bold. Awesome, God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else saying, Steve, count me in. I prayed that prayer. I meant it. I'm serious. Awesome. Yeah, I see those hands. That's so good. That's so good. Anyone else saying, Steve, count me in, man. That's me. Yeah, my man on the front. Awesome. Yes, right down the back. Yes, awesome. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me. That's me. Just hand up nice and high. A couple more seconds. Awesome. God, we thank you so much for your presence here today. And God, we honour you for those lives right now that have responded to this great message. I thank you for them. I thank you that you love them so much. And God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would touch them now. May they walk out of this room with a fire and a passion and a desire to grow in all that you have for them. I thank you that today the old has gone and the new has come. And in that place of complete surrender, is where we find the fullness of life. And so we honour you for them and we bless you for them in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give all those guys a big round of applause tonight. Yo! Guys, we've, we've come to the end of our time and I do pray you've been blessed. I pray you encouraged. If anything, you had a good laugh at our expense. Uh, that's all good. We're all for that. There's a couple of things I just want to let you guys know about. Next Sunday is Father's Day. We're going to have a special dad panel here. Uh, we're, gonna, like, we're doing the double week of panel things. So we've got all our lead pastors. Uh, are going to be here next Sunday night and we're going to do the same thing. We're going to ask them a whole bunch of dad questions, which is going to be a whole heap of fun. Uh, so please come on out, invite some people, invite your dads. Uh, it's, it's donuts. We've got donuts for every dude. Krispy Kreme with donuts for every dude, right? Every dude is getting Krispy Kreme. You get Krispy Kreme. You get Krispy Kreme. You get Krispy Kreme. Everybody. No, not everybody, not the girls. All right, but all the dudes. We get Krispy Kreme. There may or may not be a dinosaur in church. I'm just gonna say there may or may not be. If, if you need prayer, we got a team that will be down the front. Our pastors would love to stand with you in prayer. If you need any info, go see the info team. On your seat right now are Connect Cards. Can we have a Connect Card? Uh, right, your Connect Cards. If you want anything, you wanna do growth track, you wanna get in a small group, you wanna get baptized. If that's the, the word for you today, get baptized. Tick the box. Take it to the info team, leave it with them. Our, our team will get in touch with you. We'd love to help you on the next steps of your journey. Otherwise, church, that's the end of our service. Be blessed. Have an awesome rest of your week. Can't wait to see you next Sunday. Go home.
So I will find my way to you 